This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is Joy 94.9's Family Matters podcast, your light-hearted look at parenthood and rainbow families, sponsored by Berry Street. Did you know that Berry Street seeks members of our LGBTI communities to become foster carers? Not only do they have a proud tradition of training and embracing LGBTIQ carers, they officially support marriage equality. Learn more now at berrystreet.org.au, a proud Joy sponsor for over five years. Broadway icon John Cameron Mitchell channels the essence of his glam rock icon Hedwig and the Angry Inch for one night only at Art Centre Melbourne this July. So put on some makeup, turn up the A-track and pull the wig down from the shelf. John Cameron Mitchell, July 10 at Art Centre Melbourne. Book now. Joy sponsor. You gotta see the baby. When are you gonna see the baby? Family matters. Bess, ahead of the forum, I found out about the forum because we are great fans and friends of Jack Tomlin's. She's been a regular guest. You know, it's through Jack's posts that I found out about the forum that you were doing last year and that I've started seeing your posts and, you know, Facebook stalked you because I'm kind of like, oh my God, what's best do she's amazing and you put up a post and i think it was on facebook ahead of the forum so this is the asia pacific rainbow families forum that was i think in may of this year and and i'm going to quote this for you bess you said if you had told my 11 or 20 year old self that in my 40s i would be hustling company to sponsor a refugee iranian lesbian mother to be a delegate in hong kong for an asia pacific rainbow families forum not sure i would have quite believed it It blew my mind in so many ways because it was the biggest kind of smack-in-the-face perspective builder. The fact that, one, you can be an Iranian lesbian mother. That's what stuck with me. You know, my kind of very small worldview from what I get here in Australia, I was just like, how can you be that? How it is hard enough to be a rainbow parent here in Melbourne, here in Australia, and we have so much privilege. That, to me, just felt like, how how can one be that and be safe and have their children be safe and have a voice? Please tell me that you were able to get that Iranian mother to the conference. Yeah, Shadi was rocking. Um, and the Facebook stalking's mutual, by the way. So it's, <laughs> and you guys are fantastic. And so it's just such an honour and a pleasure to have the chance to finally chat to you Yay. after all the social media stalking I've done of you guys. Yeah, and I think, I'm. thank you, I'm, I'm kind of getting tinked. Did I say that? No, I yeah. honestly, I think you mentioned privilege. I mean, I'm a Caucasian. I've been living, I'm from Adelaide originally, but 14 years in Hong Kong. And I think living in an international city like that, your worldview is a bit more, there's more opportunities to shape it and, yeah. and be disrupted. But also what I've found is there'd been some full transparency. There'd been a little bit of apathy around the Hong Kong privileged community, not realizing that rainbow families didn't just mean people that were in a financial, uh, socioeconomic position to, to go through alternative reproduction technology. And so that was kind of my, okay, if we're really serious about being Asia Pacific and we're really going to champion the voices of all of the countries that we could possibly muster, then we need to find the single lesbian refugee Iranian mothers who just happen to live in in Frankfurt. And 
And I think the privilege bit here in a place like Hong Kong is once you find the kind of people to listen to those stories and who are in a position of privilege and power, you can find somebody that wants, you know, we're running on a zero budget. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, I don't get any money for, for this. Like a typical activist, it's a labor of love and a parent. So whenever you're sort of meant to be parenting, you're being <laughs> activistic and getting that balance wrong as we all do. Shadi Amin runs Six Rang, the, les- the Iranian lesbian and trans network group. <sighs> Wow. And she released this report last December, and the title is It's a Great Honour to Violate Homosexual Rights. <laughs> and it's tracking, not obviously her words, but official hate speech against LGBT in Iran. And she's been tracking that for years and years and years. Now, there's no mention of, of rainbow families in there because it wasn't mm-hmm. in her mind to think about that. So so we were getting the gift of having her visibility and her story. And and just as an example, I mean, there's so many layers to this. There's mm. she's a lesbian, um, was in a heterosexual marriage, escaped that marriage, escaped Iran, but had a child. But her own community are chastising her for not being a pure lesbian and having a child. You oh know, my like God. so many layers to that. Um, that we need to be allies. But also it was an incredible, uh, it was cathartic, and I think that's one thing for the activists that don't get the chance to talk about this. But for her, she's now committed to going, you know what, I need to think more about families. I need to think about these situations. And without, you know, just talking about Iran, it's a pretty, you know, it, it doesn't get much more hardcore than that globally, but especially thinking about women and trans and, and there's that conversion for people to be trans is okay in Iran. Because there's like a forced, there's a forced process that you go through. Either you face the death penalty for being a lesbian, yeah. or the government give you a free ride to the hospital, and you it's can go through gender transition. You know, like so, it's just and that's mind the thing. Blowing. It's mind blowing because you know some people, if they don't understand the context of where that's come from, this is someone's life or death here in their yeah. hands. Yeah. You know, to not know these stories, to not hear the reasons why this stuff is happening, and these mm. people. Are surviving. The kids are alright. As for our presenters, um, Family Matters, Joy 94.9. The more and more I've been following not only your conference pages, but Planet Ally as well, which, you know, you've created as well. Again, there's no budget there. You know, this is all your hard work, Yves. I keep thinking, oh, my God, you know, how can I complain about what I'm, you know, coming up against here in Australia? I feel like as a rainbow family, I'm in the lucky country. Like if there was ever to be a lucky country to be a rainbow family, kind of, I think I've hit the jackpot by where I have just been brought up by absolute yeah. pure chance to have been raised here and to have been, you know, educated here. I feel like I've yeah. literally won the jackpot in that space. And I just think, yes, I've been kind of focusing on local issues, but my God, there is such a bigger global conversation. Before we kind of kick into the forum, so what took you to Hong Kong? What was the move from Adelaide <laughs> to Hong Kong? Tell us, is there a... Adelaide, a, a, yeah. Yeah. Um, I met a girl. <laughs> now that's if Beck was if my co-host Beck was here, she'd want to know this love story best. So go for it. We want to know the love story. Oh no! Then it becomes a horrendously stereotypical lesbian, lesbian football story. <laughs> no, a stereotype for a reason. There's it nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Uh, but actually, so Kirst is a pilot, actually. She's a captain uh, for an airline here. And, and they fly big planes, but they train them in Adelaide of all places in the world. So I met a girl on a football pitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's a longer story, but but uh, you know she knows how oversharing um, you know makes her feel. But but yeah. no, it's I'm fangirling constantly about Kirst. She's amazing, and but I think also being so being out here, like I as a as an Australian expat, never envisaged. And I, in Australia, I was a professional football coach, <laughs> so this has been a bit of an eclectic ride. But um, I never would have envisaged being an activist in a country where I'm you know I'm living that that is not my own heritage and so I for many years didn't engage in the community not in an apathetic way but just in a it wasn't my space way so I went off and did TEDx's and other community stuff and then I realized two things I realized that the visibility and the voices this is going on like eight eight odd years ago now wasn't wasn't there there was the fear and stigma was really driving hard and also as some accidental activist journey you know, it's often if it affects their life, then mm. it becomes something that might be a catalyst and a call to action. So it was the institutionalized homophobia of going through our intended parenting, and then when we gave birth, and the the amount of anticlimactic moments, which I now call first world gay moments, but <laughs> and gay problems, because I I think I am in this kind of very you know humbled position to try to to create platforms with other amazing activists and organizations to get these voices heard and so our own community are not necessarily woke to the issues of rainbow families Mm. and they think that it's just rich people going off to have surrogacy or you know and and there's so much more to that as well when you think about the journey that people go on for alternative reproduction technology so it's not to not hold space for that because that you know there's transnational surrogacy and Paula Gerber talks about that in her TEDx and Jack's wonderful for doing that and Felicity and all the rainbow fans like Jason you know and Adrian all the kind of usual suspects that conversation is really important but I think particularly in the region here and in the Pacific the stigma and the the gender-based violence and all the issues that are faced are compounded when when someone's a parent but sometimes families are being formed in a chosen family way or out of neglect of children that are rainbow community end up picking up the pieces and loving children back to life quite literally we had a a samoan delegate tiara who is just phenomenal is that the doula the midwife (laughs) (laughs) three babies she has delivered in her lifetime that were left premature and literally left to die and she nursed them back with love and care and her family knew that she wanted to be a mum and and she's the youngest Samoan to adopt and she has to adopt as as a man on the on yeah. the birth certificate she I've seen it but one way of describing her on the adoption paper it, it talks about her being a father her children have never ever called her anything but mother yeah and she says the kind of mic drop soundbite you don't need a vagina to be a mother yeah. like you know yeah. like wow yeah. that's just phenomenal and then if you look about other fantastic melbourne folks you've got lana wolf and you've yeah. got m with with all the work they've done with down by the river and and the fiji reports and all of the humanitarian responses rainbow families are not being thought of in mm. this when tonga went through you know the tonga ladies association lost their safe space you know because of the cyclones that happened if we're talking about regional issues that affects families you mm. know when Chechnya cracked down and men are being rounded up 100 in the concentration camp. These issues are happening everywhere around the world, but I don't think in the context of family and and in in terms of gaby babies and intended, you know, intended parents and 
all of those stories. So I think what we were trying to do this year is really blow the lid off that perception of mm. what it is to be a rainbow family and yeah. highlight those issues around, you know, sexual minorities requiring and seeking, report, you know, that kind of support. Well, we had a gorgeous opportunity to speak with Tristan Reese, um, who is a trans man who was unfortunately well known in the media for being a trans, the pregnant trans man. Um, yeah, so we spoke to yeah. Tristan when he was seven months pregnant and we also spoke to Tristan after he gave birth to the gorgeous baby Leo and it was yeah. fascinating to kind of track that through. But what people fail to realise is Tristan and his partner had already been raising two other children. So they were already a rainbow family before, yeah, before yeah. Tristan gave birth to Leo. And, Pete, and it's like they've been a family for a very long time. But, you know, everyone just wants to talk about Tristan being pregnant, you know, and it's like yeah. they're still a rainbow yeah. family and they're just expanding their family and using the tools that they've got to expand that family. But they've been doing it for a decade. You know, people kind of question, you know, are you a right to be a parent? It's like we're already raising two other kids. You know, this, yeah, is, this exactly. is us growing our family in a, in a, in a great way. You know, I love that Tristan would say we've hacked the system, which is I loved, you know, how Tristan kind of put their perspective on it. Mm. The for, So the forum start kicked off last year. This year you had, I think there was representatives and delegates from 27 countries coming, yeah. coming together. Yeah. What yeah. was the hope and what were the kind of conversations that were coming out of the forum this year? Was it still just sharing those stories that needed to be heard? I mean, definitely there's a cathartic element. And I think the reason that we've gained traction, we've gone from 10 countries to nearly 30 in, in the space of a year yeah. is because there hasn't been a space for this dialogue. And I think also we have so many badass activists that just happen to be parents. Yeah. And so there are literally, you know, libraries worth of experience and activism and tools and opportunities and, and sharing and connections. And so it really was just wind them up and watch them go. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, some of the, some of the highlights and the, the like incredible, it's like using your privilege for good. We were trying to make sure that we had Asian um, and Pacific representation on every single panel and we managed yeah. to achieve that. We tried to make sure we had trans or third gender. We didn't have any gender, uh, non-binary. So shout out to our non-binary families. Mm -hmm. Let us know because mm -hmm. we want to champion you. And we didn't have uh, families of, uh, you know, able-bodied. And then that's another one that I think it's Jack that's become a, her and her partner Jackie in Australia. Jackie Brown, yeah. 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 So, so we did have a chat at Better Together. I kind of went, I'm coming back for you. But what we did manage to do is we had an all-trans parent panel Wonderful. from Tonga, from Samoa, from Malaysia with um, Brenda Allegre, who is an amazing trans advocate and one of the ILGA a trans secretariat. And so that was incredible. And Mitch is a Malaysian trans father, been a father for 20 years, you know, um, and the same sort of thing of that idea of parents becoming parents because society's neglected these kids and, yeah. and the love and the nurture. So it's always constantly dispelling this idea that we're not fit to raise families, you know, <laughs> or to raise kids. When Too late. We've been doing new. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but what was a really fantastic thing was we partnered with the Global Interfaith Network mm -hmm. and they are doing this reclaiming families. They're basically uh, at the highest levels of the UN trying to, they've got no, no, um, you know, they've, they've picked a big, a big battle, thank goodness, but yeah. they're, they're an affirming global group of ministers, of, of ally organisations, of, of affirming organisations, literally around the world. And so when you get those conversations around 
the Christian right or mm. some of the, the faith groups that are not supportive, this is the most incredible counter to that. And so we had parents of faith, an entire panel of parents of faith talking about where that happens. And um, Jason Masters is a, a another Aussie, trying to also pull out the Aussies, who <laughs> is a dad that came out very late in life, based in Sydney, incredible, beautiful man, and now part of our community. And he had never felt until he came all the way to Hong Kong, the connection to Rainbow Families, because he came out late in life. Mm. Um, and so he already was a dad. And so I think that was also, uh, wow, okay, there's another there's another space that we need to be thinking about in terms of our advocacy. Family Matters is brought to you today by the letters LGBTIQA and the number one. Going back to that idea of, of just bringing people together, it's I don't think that until this year, because we had a, a larger contingent of Pacific Islands, we had a larger contingent of experienced activists that mm. are globally respected activists, that they realised that Rainbow Families was a battleground. I mean, we yeah. see that in pockets around the world. And the Australian Rainbow Families are the most, like I just fangirl them constantly, you know, what's going on particularly in Sydney and Victoria, mm. you know, watching the postal survey from here and oh, seeing the videos yeah. being produced. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, Rainbow Families like the transgender, you know, diverse communities are low-hanging fruit. Are oh, we're the first to be thrown things. under the bus. Absolutely. Exactly. We saw it in the marriage equality campaign. Trans yeah. and gender diverse youth and rainbow families, we are the thing to fear. That was the yeah. message being sold out to the No campaign. It's the thing. Then I think of this global message and I'm like, oh, we're still, you know, comparing, you know, it's like, oh, can I complain? Yes, of course I've got to complain. I've got to, you know, fight to make sure we still get spaces here. But it's it's also that global conversation, which for me, it's like, it it, it is, okay, yes, I keep saying we are a bloody lucky country here and, and yet we're still facing these things. And it's about yeah. using... You know, I hate to use the word privilege, but shit, I've got privilege. You know, mm. I am a, you know, a cisgendered, you know, Caucasian female who is educated. How do we get that out there to support our, our brothers and sisters and families globally? But also, we don't want to be taken away from their voices. Is that no. the kind of, yeah, it's just that. And yeah, exactly. And I think it's it can be harmful to do that comparative suffering yeah. stuff. I think it's definitely important to acknowledge where, Everybody is at uniquely within their um, journey. And also when we talk about rainbow families, we very much talk about the intended parents that, like me, with Kirsten and I here, we've got Pliny who's six and Jude who's four. We know how lucky we are to have gone through what we call international baby making. You know, we yeah. found a donor in San Francisco who's a willing to be known. So we've not, it's kind of the kids are all right version, but we don't plan to shag him. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> we uh, did fertility treatment in Thailand because in a lot of countries, particularly in Asia, you can't even be a heterosexual married couple and go through fertility treatment unless you're married. Wow. Um, and so there's also an opportunity for allyship there. And you do find that, which is kind of nice in a, Hey, this sucks. We're all being treated poorly together yeah um and then we both gave birth not at the same time it was two years apart in a, hon a hotel <laughs> both gave birth in a hong kong public hospital so kind of international baby making 101 and there's a lot around that there's a lot around 
hey, welcome your new baby to the world, but your wife of 12 years is not on the birth certificate. You know, hey, when I travel with my non-biological son every six weeks back to Australia because he's deaf blind and I can't quite access we can't we need a little bit more you know support in australia we don't speak chinese but we need a little bit more support so we come back and forth every time i travel i have to carry a letter with my wife's permission to travel with my non-biological son you know and again i say they're first world gay problems but it doesn't mean that they don't hurt exactly um and so i think it's it is important to own your story and what you need but also the having the expanding that compassion to others and and that resilience but a lot of what Australia has been able to do and from challenging legislation to putting policies in place to to literally having the gaby baby documentary and having the gaby babies of you know Jack and Felicity and all the kids that are coming out in in force now speaking with their own voice I mean that's profound and that has impact and that is really inspirational and you, you'll find that our Asian, particularly our Asian activists, never tire of hearing these stories mm-hmm. because even, you know, Jack was on a panel that I moderated with um, Taiwan and Japan and the gay dad from Taiwan, Jay Lin, who's amazing, was, was talking about this is where I want to see my twin boys in so many years' time. So, so there is that acknowledgement of privilege, but there's also acknowledging of the pioneering that's been done. You know, we also had Russia and Pakistan represented and they're having to live in in secret and teach their kids to lie about who their parents are. But we're also seeing that in Japan, uh, not from a violent protective way, but from a stigma. So our Japanese rainbow families are literally trying to encourage fellow Japanese families to be okay about saying to their children, you don't have to lie about who I am. It's heartbreaking, but it, but all of these stories are really important. We had support from Amnesty International as well, and so you know that that was phenomenal. We had Barking Change with Lana um, yeah. also partner with us, so we did a really amazing capacity building workshop, and and she's really helping activists know their stories, but to have a little bit more support around how to strategically use that in and advocacy because absolutely. the minute someone starts talking about their kids or their intended parent journey there's a there's a kinship with a larger demographic so i think the opportunity unfortunately the reality is rainbow families are a battleground but what we have to do is is equip our families and the, the advocates that are speaking out from that perspective and really support them and uh just to say as well uh, earlier in may with international family equality day that's new that, too isn't it yeah uh, well maria is she and i kind of weirdly co-founded the rainbow families yeah. forum just because we were in a position of to be able to just kind of make it happen but we're trying to very much the the other activist marty fourth who runs the rainbow families group he's an expat as well so we're trying to make sure that yes we we're in a position to kind of move and shake a bit but then we get out the way like just get out the way and let these stories come to fruition but that ifed launched in geneva officially the city of geneva hosted the launch and so i was there and the russian lgbt network were there and some of the russian rainbow families were their advocates and they couldn't be on uh, social media and they couldn't share their faces but there are massive gatherings going on in russia of rainbow family communities they're holding a conference that I've been invited to later in the year, you know, like in St. Petersburg. Like this is the the point as well is it's happening no matter what. So yeah. 
if the Christian right want to remove books from libraries and yes. lobby and petition, they can try to erase that, but it's not going away. It's yes. only emerging. And IFED had 40 countries this year celebrating, you know, um, the, the Idaho equivalent of the, the Diverse Family Day. And, and uh, the launch now means that cities around the world, hopefully Melbourne and Sydney and good old Adelaide for me and, <laughs> and the rest of Australia, um, will be able to have these international days and, and be part of that community as well. And I think just that solidarity and the, the other thing was no matter whether you're a lesbian mother hiding in Pakistan or you're Jack, you know, living in Melbourne, there are still ways to share about your kids, um, you know, and, and ways to see if we can connect those kids and kind of be a pen pal for each other. So, so there's so much potential for the kids to drive this. And that's what we're trying to have more gaby baby kind of panels in the future where the kids, the kids are driving the conversation. And this year we had uh, a Filipino lesbian a film director, Char Rogue, and her daughter Kelsey. And Char has done a documentary as an ode to her daughter, but it's actually premised around being outed by her former partner and he outed to the daughter. And then Max in Fiji, same thing happened to him. His ex-wife outed and said it in a pretty graphic way. said to their eight-year-old son, daddy likes to dot, dot, dot. Um, But the, the resilience of these families, the speaking truth to power, you know, all of this, that comes because you're forced into these moments also means that your families, there's almost like a, I don't want to say like a gay vantage as some people talk about, but there is, there are other layers that make rainbow families really special. I mean, just last night I had to try to explain to Flinny why I couldn't put him to bed because I, I needed to talk to, I was on the phone to CNN about what's <laughs> going on at the moment. And I had to say, I don't know if you guys know the book Happy Town. It's a beautiful story about a mayor who doesn't let, doesn't want anybody to paint paint the town colourful. And if and there's a a little character that um, is is planting this this wonderful plant that sprouts colour, and the mayor wants to, you know, shut that down and imprisons uh, Chutney at the the monkey. (laughs) Anyway, I'm able to explain to Flinny that the bad mayor doesn't want to paint the town colour in colour. And, you know, but I need to work out as well, and our rainbow families talk about this, is how are we going to equip our kids in how to talk about this? And I think that's what Australia has done so brilliantly. So going back to that, uh, you know, it's really important that Australia are part of this conversation because there's so much learning and so much capacity building and mentoring and and so sharing so that's just a quick snapshot <laughs> so but we're going to talk about the you, you touched on it a moment ago the the book banning in Singapore we're going to touch on that in a sec but for, what's come out of the conference is there any actions you want to see is there any sort of stuff or is it still just that that sort of sharing and educating um, um, people in that space what are we hoping for next year no, how can people support yeah. the conference Thank as well you so much well, we put a call to action so shortly after um the the conference happened we had the international day or global day for parents and so we actually put out a statement on that day which was around the calls to action that we wanted to see and it was Mm -hmm. the it was kind of a historic moment for us to to put out there the kind of list of issues that may be neglected. So June the 1st, we put the statement together and it was a really, really important moment to take the stories, to take the, you know, the cathartism, to take 
the the mobilizing and actually go right this is what we need to do so this forum has turned into a network and the asia pacific rainbow families network will be releasing a statement very soon about the book bans going on in hong kong but also just the global perspective of that and the regional impact of that we a statement lined up with the sustainable development goals for 2030 we really are trying to educate our own global community, but also call on governments, UN bodies, mm-hmm. you know, public and private institutions, civil society, and and you know, community and individual leaders globally, to proactively help in legislative frameworks. In the problem, particularly in in these countries that don't have legislative protections, is the families are removing kids. So if a woman is in a heter- seemingly heterosexual marriage but she might be bisexual, the families find out, so the marriage ends. This is kind of like a, a bit of a case study, particularly yeah. we're hearing this in Thailand as a as an awful model of discrimination. The families remove the child and the mother doesn't see them. Oh. You know, and so these things are happening. So legislation is really important, but it's also about, make, as I said at the, at the top, we're talking about Iran. You know, we're talking about Samoa, we're talking about Tonga, we're talking about Fiji, we're talking about Pakistan, we're talking about Malaysia, we're talking about Russia. This is not Indonesia. These are not your typical, when you think of rainbow families, we almost have a marketing issue (laughs) globally that it's thought of in terms of just alternative reproduction technology. So it's not to take away from that because that, you know, I couldn't have been a parent without that, right? And, And likewise, you know, with so many and you guys, that is really important. But it's 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 really, really getting people to that understanding that this is about child protection at its most basic level of mental health, of, you know, education, childcare services, training and support, you know, for the service professionals. And, you know, again, in the humanitarian spaces, how are we dealing with kids in refugee spaces? Yes. Um, and yeah. so going forward, it's picking up even more of the cracks in the system. But I think what's come out of this is this phenomenal group of activists that have come together are literally a family now. And we've got this WhatsApp group that you know, <laughs> goes off 24-7 depending on where folks are in the region. And Maria is in Switzerland with IFED. And so, you know, and sometimes people are in Geneva making submissions. And so there's all these like pockets of where everybody is. Yamanya who is based in Australia but is, is all, all all around the world with, you know, different submissions as part of ILGA. So, so I think now what we've done is we've brought it together, but what you'll see is this network being a voice, this network making statements and creating that, that pathway for advocacy. The kids are all right. As for our presenters, um, Family Matters, Joy 94.9. It sometimes feels so big. It just feels so far away and so big and you do feel a bit helpless. People can get active. People can help. How can they start to help and and get connected to find out more? Yeah, well, thank you. At the moment, the network kind of just exists under Planet Ally, but it will form its own. It'll it'll morph into something, the more resources that we have. You know, the, the kind of money that we're trying to raise is just to bring people together. And sometimes you wouldn't, you would underestimate raising money for a flight. I'll give you a classic example and something that was remiss of me not to mention. As we have shrinking spaces around the world, particularly 
the impact of the US being so anti-LGBTI in its yeah. government administration right now, you would not believe the impact that that's now having in the region, taking the legs out of so many organisations. Like that aid funding has been there. We now need to get smart as a movement, as the populist movements around the world gain more traction and alternate right end up with more funding. What we have to do is find other spaces for raising money. And we actually had a school, West Island School, an international school in Hong Kong, that created something called Ally Week. And the kids had this entire week devoted to training each other, peer-led studies, and trying to change the language. The bullying wasn't the issue, particularly in the school. That was the casual, passive, phobic language that was yeah. being used. But they very humbly chose the Rainbow Families Forum as their opportunity to raise money. Wow. They raised 17,000 Hong Kong dollars. That's three flights <laughs> from the Pacific. And we were able to use that money with the kids to bring the activists together. But it, it was such a richer story than that. A lot of the drivers of this Ally Week were openly trans teenagers and a Chinese trans teenager wow. who had been supported in the school, openly lesbian and bisexual students. And so we had I'm a moment. Goosebumps. At the forum. This is just gorgeous. Oh. <laughs> oh, just. We had a moment at the forum where curating this, we put it together to go, you know what? These kids don't just you know, write us a check. We, we take them on this journey. They're part of this yeah. now. And they don't realize that their visibility and their actions are going to be inspiring for the activists. And the activists are so humble and can't believe that the kids would do this. So we actually gave, we gave them a spot to talk about what they'd done. And they had this amazing video. They chalked <laughs> the school with rainbow. But this is happening in Hong Kong. This is not an Asia kind of case study. This is, this is not something you see every day. And no. these kids have blown the lid off what, what you can do as an activist ally in a yeah. position of, of privilege but we gave them an opportunity to share and at the end of it there wasn't a dry eye in, <laughs> in the ballroom at, at Eaton Hotel shout out to them we had a standing ovation for these kids and it was just profound and it was kind of that reciprocal profound moment like you couldn't write the script the activists were going oh my god these <laughs> 16 17 year old kids did this for us we are here together because of that we are having these dialogues because you help bring us together. And so sometimes I think when there's fundraising and you have to kind of say, oh, it's for flights and accommodation, they don't realize that the power of bringing people together yeah. to have a week of 27 countries interacting with each other, that is life-changing. Yeah. And it ripples out into other aspects of activism because rainbow families are not given a platform because there are so many other issues that take space within our LGBTIQ plus advocacy spaces. We are actually not going to hold our forum next year. The Asia-Pacific Rainbow Families Forum is going to work hard behind the scenes. But in 2020, we've made the decision that we're taking everybody to Tonga. We're holding it in July and it's going to coincide with the Miss Galaxy pageant, which is part of the Tongan Ladies Association. Amazing community that you're now seeing in the film that was released in Melbourne as you've seen, The Ladies in Waiting. We are taking every single country and we're hoping to build on the 27 to Tonga to create more Pacific Island solidarity and nice. also to, you know, as we talk about climate change and other intersectional issues, we want to be there. In July will mean it will also be a possibility to have a lot of families there in the schoolies. In the last 24 hours, something happened where one of our favourite authors, Jessica, and many other authors' stories yeah. have been pulled from up to, I think, 70 libraries in Hong Kong. The yeah. books, children's books for our children and other children to know our stories have been pulled off shelves. By a <laughs> sneaky little petition. She, uh, and they claim to be, oh, we're not, we know, we're not really 
we're not, you know, we don't have any agenda here except this agenda. Tell us a bit about it because you're a little bit closer to, to what we're seeing from the outside in yeah. what we're reading. It's not the first time. There's a bit of a history of this and, and there's a more an emergence of this globally as well. But it's Hong Kong's turn. This kicked off in the region a couple of years ago in Singapore, where Singapore had a lobby group petition to remove children's books off the shelves because they were LGBTQ themed. I shall not give visibility to the hate group. Let's just say yeah. insert new hate group yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. And the interesting thing about the hate groups in Hong Kong is they are insert new name here quite literally they <laughs> pop up as different concern groups yeah. so whether it's the christian movement or this time it's the family school movement oh. of concern it's and that's not the name creative I'm not title. i know it, yeah but in hong kong the interesting thing is one of our chief haters if you will his son actually is is one of the public faces of the occupy movement joshua wong and roger wong is the is the guy and so it's a case study of how you use movement building for good and evil dad yeah. not so much Kid, nailing it. <laughs> but basically they have been petitioning, we now know since January, they've been whittling away. I released it now. It's interesting to know why now. We have had a couple of judgments in Hong Kong that have gone against the community. Um, the QT case, which was about a lesbian trying to seek a spousal visa. And initially the court agreed that there was a discriminative angle uh, but the appeals process has has gone against us we're also coming up to the end of the year in terms of school so I'm wondering if they felt perhaps that this was the time to strike because there have been seemingly the government not even seemingly so the government have sided with with some of the decisions that are not friendly and are the anti-gay rights group have written an uh, online statement they've basically pressured what's called the Home Affairs Bureau to suggest that, you know, that it wasn't content that was deemed to be appropriate. A true story about two penguins. Like, this actually yeah, happened. Poor old Tango. Tango oh, makes three. Tango would never have known the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Even David Walliams, the, the boy in a dress, is about to be turned yeah. into a musical with Robbie Williams rocking out. In, and so they're, they're going to be finding quite a a larger base of, of counters. And that's already what's happening is the ally community, the mums, oh, my God, the, yeah. there's parent mum groups here are so fired up. Oh, good. Um, also civil libertarians, the literacy literacy groups that are, create diverse content, you know, freedom of speech it becomes a number one issue when you try to violate Sensor, yeah. opportunities for speech and content and, and media. And also I think extremely sensitive and triggering when you take on a library and so you know when we think about libraries in our childhood I mean for me where I discovered really corny Monty Python but it's also where I discovered about the world and and where kids particularly are questioning LGBTIQI questioning youth is where they go to seek information in Hong Kong they're not going to be covering this at home in a family discussion and also remembering some some countries kids can't even look this up on the internet there are restrictions as to what they can see so they do have to go to their library exactly exactly so that is considered a safe space so when that's violated that strikes a chord and our allies who are raising kids for those that are raising kids and consider themselves active allies and we they can't parent in the way they want to so then it becomes personal to their family it becomes a much bigger broader issue and so 
off the back of that, we resurrected the hashtag Free My Library, yep. which is what Singapore were using. And, and there was also Save Tango. This happened two years ago in Hong Kong on a much more quieter level. It wasn't done in such a public way. And so it was only like a blink and you miss moment where we're like, hey, a journalist actually noticed because of what happened in Singapore that these quietly, the books were removed. So there wasn't like a public petition, but there was a move that happened. And so that got shut down very quickly. This time we've got local groups that have formed a united front uh, called United Front for Open Libraries, made up of some of the very high profile NGO groups, Big Love Alliance, the Pink Dot Movement. So we've had corporate mums reach out going, awesome. right, what do you need from me? <laughs> oh, and so we found this amazing local artist, Ruby, who goes by. I've seen the um, images. Yes. <laughs> Pluck the Days is, is her English English name. And I just reached out to her, kind of said, look, if we could get some quotes starting from our Asia Pacific Rainbow Families Forum, could we then perhaps, you've never met me before, I'm trying not to stay with my, oh my God, this is an amazing moment. But, but she was wonderful. She's an ally that created this story series to share in Cantonese exactly what is going on so that children could understand. And it's a beautiful story that has a P-flag element of a grandma supporting her grandson who's called queer while he's, you know, he's questioning his sexuality. And so I reached out to Ruby and Ruby gave us permission. So then we had a little, a meme, if you will, was born. And so Gina, I need one from you. I know you guys have been <laughs> tweeting and I'm super grateful, but I'm going to dig deep and say, and right now that's a call to action. And what sort We'd of stories do you want? I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> so another call to action right now with the Free My Library campaign is send us your little quotes. You can post on Facebook or just use the hashtag Free My Library, just a couple of lines, and we will turn that into a quote and return it back to you on social media or we'll email it to you. So Joe Hurst, wonderful Joe Hurst that I know you interviewed the other day. Yes. With the gender fairy yes. and um, and a, a new a, book called new, A House for Everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she gave us a quote just yesterday, which was fantastic. So what we want to do is get as many quotes from literally around the world. The Russian LGBT network just sent me one, and Jack Jack's done some beautiful sharing of of some of the reasons why and talking about the importance of of what it meant to her kids, and it's and also just thinking about us as we were growing up. Shadi from Iran posted and she talked about the impact that having books, having access to books would have made. You know, there's a podcaster, Regina Larco, who has Impact Podcast, amazing ally. You know, she talked about no one in the family is the same and I want my daughters to read about that fact. Yeah. I want them to understand that there's really just one thing that matters when it comes to family that children are being loved. You know, yeah. I'm getting goosies just reading that. But yeah. but Italy has gone through this. And Elton John spoke out about that, you know, a couple of years ago. The US are definitely going through this. Uh, Croatia's going through this. And if people don't Singapore, think it will, won't happen here, we just need to uh, see the people that are trying I, to shut down our safe schools. Like, seriously, I, it is. Exactly. I think we're not the, immune. When, when haters see a new model yes. and go, oh, here, there's one I hadn't thought of. Thanks very exactly. much for that, Singapore. Copycats, yeah, you know, totally. Exactly. The copycat hate group is a very big danger so i think we're very humbled that this has struck a chord but now we're reaching out to the larger groups that have got you know we're small potatoes in the space <laughs> we're we're less than two years old we just got a bit excited and we've been able to partner with some amazing people but we want this to, to literally go global for all the right reasons to give our our allies the opportunity and i say that in terms of our non-lgbtq allies but to give all of us the opportunity to express this and so it is about hong kong but it's a much much bigger story 
You've been listening to Joy 94.9's Family Matters podcast, your light-hearted look at parenthood and rainbow families, sponsored by Berry Street. Did you know that Berry Street seeks members of our LGBTI communities to become foster carers? Not only do they have a proud tradition of training and embracing LGBTIQ carers, they officially support marriage equality. Learn more now at berrystreet.org.au, a proud Joy sponsor for over five years. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.